Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls of all ages, to our very special, as always, a play on nerds spooky spectacular. <laughs> I'm Steve. And I'm Jarman. <laughs> and we're here to scare you, you crazy ghouls. Yes, it is that time of the year. and uh, So buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are we talking about with this crazy Halloween spooktacular? Oh, man. Uh, so a few years ago, we did what we called the 666 Spooky Spectacular. That's we reviewed right. the sixth film in a bunch of franchises, and one of them was Halloween. And I just couldn't get enough. So today, we're going to be talking about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo, the unmasking. <laughs> um, it's a hell of a thing. There's no Michael Myers to be seen, but we're going to get into that later. And that's Before a cool thing is because you don't, yeah, you don't know you see the rest of the series and know what's going on in this movie. It's all by itself. It's completely isolated. I just kept waiting for him to show up. And he kind of did, but we'll like, talk about that later. He's going to be here any moment. He's going to get here. <laughs> uh, but, German, do do we have some feedback? We do, actually. Uh, strangely enough, someone went through and found uh, an old episode of A Play on Nerds on YouTube. Our successful 2015 episode 44, The Top 10 Geeky Fandoms. So they actually had a lot of downloads back in the day. Uh, someone named Querdurf. Spelled Q Q U I R D E R P H on YouTube. Queerdurf. Yep. Uh, they said, ah, back when J.K. Rowling's tweets were appreciated and Joss Whedon's worst sin was Alien Resurrection. <laughs> because apparently we praised Joss Whedon and J.K. Rowling because this was before either of their scandals. Um, so yeah, and I said, I responded to him. I said, ha, huh, very true. How the times have changed. Sad face. And then they responded, at least you got your wish for a female Doctor Who. So apparently in that episode, That's right. we had talked about a female Doctor Who. And then later on, what happens? We we were we were premonition. They stole it from us. So they owe us some royalties. I That's think. right. Yeah. I think that 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 adds up. That, that checks out. We are definitely the only people at that point to think about a female Doctor Who. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so even though Queer Durf somehow randomly uh, stumbled upon our episode 44 on YouTube, I don't know how, but apparently listened to the whole thing, which we appreciate. You'll probably never hear this episode, but thanks for the comment, Queer Durf. <laughs> thanks, Queer Durf. Yeah. So, Steve, what have you been up to since our last episode? Oh, man. Work just be getting crazy. Uh, we did have, well, the kids got a long week up, weekend up at uh, my mother-in-law's. Nice. Uh, I had to work Friday, but I get to work remotely on Friday, which is nice. So we drove up Thursday night. The kids and mom and grandma had off during the day. Dad worked. And then we got to have a weekend up there. Uh, and on Saturday, Ann and I got to go on one of those illustrious parent dates. Yeah. Uh, so we found a hot pot place, a different hot pot place called Shibuya. <laughs> Shibuya. In Concord. 
Uh, we went, we got there early, which was the right call. There was already a line by the time we got there, like 15 or 20 minutes before it opened. Uh, and this is like a ramen hot pot kind of place where each person has their own bowl as opposed to a big communal bowl. Oh, okay. But the best part about this place is the salad bar in the middle. They call it a salad bar, but really it's just all the vegetables you're going to put in the hot pot and a whole sauce bar. Ooh. That's a huge part of it is like the different sauce. You can make your own sauces. That sounds great. Uh, and then they had different types of noodles. They had seafood, which I don't care about. Um, and wontons and just tons of good stuff. It would have been, if it was my first hot pot experience, it would have been really overwhelming. Uh, but since I kind of knew it was going on, it was highly enjoyable. Man. Man, I've been to a hot pot place you, for a long time. Everybody out there, go to a hot pot place. Like, the hell with fondue. <laughs> and, like, you want to have a good, fun, interactive cooking experience? Do it. The best part was it was flat rate, but it was all you could eat Ooh. of everything for an hour and a half. They set a timer when you sit down. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> They're like, get the hell out of here after that. But they're very attentive. You can order up to four meats at a time. Oh, yeah. And there were like six meat choices. Um, you can order up to four meats at a time and they just bring the trays out. They're at your table in like a minute. That's beautiful. That's kind of like reminds me of like a place can... like uh, Fogo de Chao, like a Brazilian steakhouse kind of thing. What, what the fuck you call me? <laughs> Fogo de Chao. <laughs> Fogo de Chao. <laughs> they basically walk over with that giant thing of meat, like, and they're slicing it off for you. Like, would you like some lamb? Would you like some of this? <laughs> like, they bring you over these meats. It's wonderful. And I get the meat sweats uh, and get all sick. It's great. And then afterwards, you shit your went pants. To David, oh, we went to Dave and Buster's. <laughs> yes. I shit some other guy's pants. <laughs> How would you shit someone else's pants? Uh, it's actually, it's my superpower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was my old, one of my old writing partners, Carthy, who and I, him and I did a few projects together. Uh, there, he did have a superhero character called the Black Hole. That his his power is he could shit other people's pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good power, not gonna lie. But really, it's he he opens up a little interdimensional door at his butthole <laughs> and shits directly into the other guy's pants. That That's amazing. <laughs> the black oh, hole. Wonderful. <laughs> Just wonderful. What were we talking about? Oh yeah, so we went to Dave and Buster's. I shit some guy in the guy's pants, and Anna and I, in in like thirty minutes, it had to have been no more than thirty minutes, right? Went in and hit seven jackpots, and in thirty minutes made nine thousand eight hundred tickets. Damn. It was like we're typically pretty successful, but it was by far our most successful arcade hit. <laughs> it sounds like it. Um, but yeah, man, we're good. We're sharks. <laughs> That's a great adult. Game. People, people <laughs> don't know that we exist, but arcade sharks exist. Absolutely. There's few and far between arcades anymore. So it sucks. Sure. You got a team where you can get them. So yeah. what have you been up to? Uh, well, me and the fiance are looking at wedding venues and touring venues, that kind of thing. Uh, we went to this place. It's on a golf course. We want to avoid golf course venues, but there's so many of them in Florida and they actually have choices. They actually have great inclusivity with like all the things that they can give you with the price, you know, because they're all they they're made for that kind of event. And the place had a kind of a feel like if anyone's watching um Game of Thrones or the new Game of Thrones, what the hell it's called? Um uh, Dance of Dragons. House of the Dragon, yeah. It House feels, of Dragons with dancing. <laughs> they're all dancing dragons. It felt like uh 
like the King's Hall, their big uh, ballroom. It smelled that way to like an old tavern kind of thing. It was really cool. Uh, this place called Dubstred. And then we checked out a place called the Black Barn, which is this big old barn uh, venue, but it's kind of far away and it was really expensive. So that's probably not happening. So we're still touring places. We're, we're figuring stuff out. Uh, and then I saw a flamenco Spanish guitar show that my aunt took us, my family to, and it was it was fantastic. I love Spanish guitar. In college, I would listen to Spanish guitar while I studied. It was just it's relaxing, it's but it's still engaging, but it's not like distracting you from your studies or from your reading. It, it's wonderful. And, and it while was, you're listening to it, you feel like Antonio Banderas is just siphoning a little bit of his sexy. Oh yeah, right into, into you. you. Oh, it's wonderful. Yes, and I then agree. you feel really good about your chemistry exam because <laughs> you have so much chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> and I, we finally celebrated the three-year anniversary. Me, my fiance, and I, with because uh, our three anniversary was last month, but we didn't have time to celebrate till now with a nice dinner. And we were going to be going to a hotel, but they, they were overbooked, so we instead just used that money to buy a new TV. Uh, so we finally have a new TV. Yeah. Our TV, solely the blacks on the screen were just fading away. To where we're watching that new show Andor, and there's this opening sequence in Andor where the letters kind of flip. You know what I'm talking about in space? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's and all very dark. Our black screen was so bad that it was like green fuzz and stuff, and it's like I we couldn't even tell what was happening. Like, oh, it's the title screen. So we got the new TV, and the first thing we did was put on Andor so we could see the new title screen. We're like, there's stars back there. <laughs> we had no idea there were stars <laughs> on the screen during the opening sequence. It looks so fantastic now, so I'm very happy. Is that Diego Luna? <laughs> I thought that was a, an Irish blob. <laughs> I couldn't tell what it was. This whole time, I thought it was one of the Savage Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't tell it was the older one, the younger one, but definitely a Savage Brother. <laughs> Maybe some third one who was cut off of one of the others. I didn't know. I thought it was very untasteful that he was faking that accent, but it was, it was weird. <laughs> But now it all makes sense. Diego Luna. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I've been up to. And that brings us to some nerdy news. It's time for nerdy news. All right. So our nerdy news today, we have sad news that for all us Marvel fans out there, that six of the Marvel movies have been delayed. And this is going to cause unforeseen circumstances going forward uh, with the timing of TV shows, other movies. Um, so I got a lot of this info from Den of Geek, which is a great website for some nerdy news and stuff like that. Um, but apparently Blade, the production for Blade has been shut down because they lost their director for unknown reasons so far. Um, his name is Bassam Tariq. He's just gone. They don't have a director at the moment. So that kind of sucks. And it was initially reported that the film resumed production in January 2023. And it was still going to be released on November 3rd, 2023, but now it's going to be moving to September 6th, 2024, which will toss it to the end of Phase 5, which is weird. Um, and it's caused a domino effect that basically um, Deadpool 3 has been delayed now uh, for two months. Fantastic 4 is shifting its thing, so now it's 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 going to drag the start of Phase 6 because it's, that, it's supposed to start after... Phase 6 was starting after Fantastic Four, and now it's all being pushed back. Avengers Secret Wars is jumping almost six, seven months. But for some reason, they're able to keep Avengers the Kang Dynasty and the second Avengers film, which will be like um, Infinity War and Endgame, where they release a year between each other. They're, they're staying in the same spots, but they were at 2025, mm -hmm. so way down the line. So basically, it's all a big mess. Everything's being pushed back. They don't know how it's going to affect the TV shows. A lot of the TV shows are already filmed. 
so it's like like Loki season two, so, Agatha Coven of Chaos, um, Ironheart, all this shit. It's like it's all over the place now. So, D- Disney, Disney, <laughs> if you're listening, Marvel, the mouse that runs you. It's as a fan, it's okay to slow down a little bit. Yes, the fact that there was literally a week or two where I think Miss Marvel and Mood Knight were releasing simultaneously with overlap and then went almost immediately into She-Hulk. Yeah. Like you guys got to calm it the hell down (laughs) and give it just a little bit of time. Give we're, we're patient. I can wait two weeks for the next Marvel show. I don't need three or four back to back Marvel shows. You know, what sounds great to me is one movie every six months. And in those six months, one show. So two shows a year, two movies a year. How's that sound? Just just calm it down. I agree. Calm it the fuck down. <laughs> just calm it the hell down. Pace yourself. You know? I think they're I think they're also they're also suffering. I mean, really what they're suffering from is setting these plans so far out. Yes. And it's not leaving them the wiggle room to build the story the way they want. And if you look at though Because a movie gets delayed on a much higher level than like a TV show in most cases. Mm-hmm. But you have to expect that. That's what making movies is. Yeah, it'll happen. And if you look at their old dockets, though, like the phase that they announced um, like years and years and years ago, the phases definitely change and the movies change. Some of them oh, takes yeah. a TV show. Some of them is canceled outright. So they, they will change. But this is a big shakeup. And they're not really saying why, but everything's been kind of delayed uh, a bunch. So it's kind of strange. And my other piece of news I want to mention, because I'm so super excited about it, is Liam Neeson is set to star in the Naked Gun reboot. <laughs> And I love that That's idea. That's right. And the one of the writers and directors from Lonely Island Group with Andy Samberg and them, whose name I'm not remembering. Oh, perfect. Is directing. Like Akira or Kija, one of those Yeah, guys. that guy. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> but it's like, it's perfect because casting somebody who's super serious, just like Leslie Nielsen was, as a goofy. Everyone forgets that. Yeah. That Leslie Nielsen, until he was like in his 70s, was a super serious actor. <laughs> exactly. And that's why it works so freaking well. And I think Liam Neeson's the perfect choice for that because he's a super serious actor and now he'll be playing a goofy ass comedy. So I really enjoy that. So yep, that's some nerdy news for you. But now let's talk about Halloween three, season of the witch. Of the witch, the witch, the witch. <laughs> All right. Well, the movie starts with a good hook, a man running panicked, a mask clutched in his hand. Uh, He narrowly escapes pursuers, who are some sort of agents, pulls a car block and runs one of them over. Uh, He runs to a gas station and the attendant finds him and he collapses and the attendant takes him to the hospital. This is where we meet our protagonist, Dr. Dan Chalice. He's overworked, he's divorced, and... Straight trying to get his kids a gift of Halloween masks. They reveal they've already gotten them from the Silver Shamrock Company that run obnoxious ads throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah. Back at the hospital, the man wakes up. Here's one of these commercials says they're all going to be killed. And another agent shows up, gouges out his eyes and crushes his skull and then goes out to a car and self-immolates. Dan is shaken. He meets the daughter of the deceased guy and they both want to know what happened. 
It's two days before Halloween. Ellie, the daughter of the deceased guy who got his head crushed, uh, they go to, to investigate her father's old toy shop, and it turns out he'd just gone to pick up a new shipment of silver shamrock masks. <gasps> Those guys from the commercial. Oh, no. They both uh, uh, head out to investigate the Silver Shamrock factory. They head to a small town of Santa Maria, uh, Santa Mira. Uh, they check into a hotel and figure out that the deceased man had been there at some point. They meet some of the guests, uh, and one of the two of them happened to be attached to the factory, who are their top salesman and a toy store owner, which is all very convenient later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Dan and Ellie sleep together. Blech. Dan meets a bum who gives him some info and then agents show up and murder this bum. <laughs> Dan then calls his friend who's investigating the self-immolating guy. And she's like, ah, there was no human remains. What assholes took the wrong sample? No human remains, but we saw the guy burn. Mm. Marge, who's one of the top sellers. Well, she finds something strange, a microchip implanted in one of the masks. And uh, as she examines <laughs> examines it like a light beam shoots out and cuts her face and face apart <laughs> the company instead of sending an ambulance sends a random van to come get her and uh they meet i think mr cochran who's the the owner and president they get to head to the factory they're told that the the dead man uh the, the father came to get his mask and then he left uh but then they kind of finagle their way into a tour with the top salesman and his family the tour goes on. They show them the making of the masks and the final processing. They can't show them because it's a big secret. During this, they spot her father's car inside. They try to go take a look, but they're stopped by agents. And then they're like, oh, we're going to go back at night and break in. Uh, but then before they can, Ellie gets captured and Dan narrowly escapes through the bathroom window, if I remember correctly. The hotel room. Yeah. He goes to try to rescue her. He breaks in and encounters an old woman. <gasps> She's a robot. And then she he fights some agents. <gasps> They're also robots. Um, <laughs> and he is taken captive by two additional ones. Uh, Dan gets a glimpse of their evil plans. Cochran stole a piece of Stonehenge mm -hmm. and is using it to embed pieces into these microchips as part of an ancient ritual of some sort. That's putting a curse on these masks. The top salesman and his family are led into a room for a demonstration. The TV commercial begins to play the boy puts his mask on but then it like eats his head and bugs come out of his face and snakes and then the snakes kill both the parents mm -hmm. that just sounds crazy but that's what i wrote down the mom just seemed uh, to this, die spontaneously before the snakes even came she out. like had a heart attack or something <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly uh <laughs> the same broadcast is set to go out that night at 9 p.m all across i think the west coast of the country and because Cochran is honoring an ancient Siam tradition of ritual sacrifice, Dan escapes his restraints and escapes through a ventilation shaft that Anna actually said, well, that's conveniently big. <laughs> yeah. He finds Ellie and they try to escape. He heads to the control room. He steals a box of the chips and then climbs a catwalk and then dumps the chips as the thing is playing, as the commercial is playing, which causes them to explode, I guess. Oh, that was pretty and cool. take out all the robots. <laughs> and then Cochran is encased in lightning and he turns to stone. And then everything catches on fire. <laughs> Wee! Dan and Ellie have 15 minutes until the commercial airs, uh, but there is a driving. Oh, God, Ellie's a robot, too. <laughs> she tries to crash their car. Uh, incorrect. She successfully crashes their car. <laughs> yes. 
With only 10 minutes left, Dan runs to the same gas station as the disheveled man before and tries to call the TV networks. I guess they don't. But he calls one number to do it. For all the he numbers. calls the t- he calls the television men, <laughs> the overlords. And tells them to cut the broad- get broadcast. Most of them cut the broadcast, but one channel continues. And then some kids come in with the masks on, and he screams about no, turn it off, turn it off. Instead of trying to save the children there in front of him who are about to die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that is the cliffhanger. You can't see my air quotes of at the end of the film. <laughs> what a movie. And he, he presumably watches three children die when it is in his power to stop it from happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so Jar, what, what are your just sort of initial thoughts? <laughs> um, it was definitely unique. Um, it's it's gotten cult status now because it's just so interesting and different and it's not what people think. So different. That different is the right word right. to give it. Yeah. There's de- there's I wrote down some random notes I had was that there's no dialogue for the first 7 minutes of the movie, which is interesting. Just a guy running. Okay. No words are spoken until the first 7 minutes of the movie. Um I was very uncomfortable with the old man with the young woman having sex. I mean, he's like, he was 47 when he was in this movie, but he's sleeping with someone who's 23. The actress was 23 at the time. (laughs) It was pretty gross. But anyways, uh, no, overall thoughts, though, I just, uh, I was entertained. It was fun. It was interesting. It was weird. It was different. It was, you aren't going to be bored watching the movie because it's just so weird. (laughs) What do you think, Steve? Um, yeah, it was again different, like. It, the story behind this movie is kind of unique and I'm sure it's in the, the trivia. Oh yeah. But, um, who was it? Wes Anderson? No, not Wes John Anderson. Carpenter. Wes Craven. Carpenter. One of those fuckers. John Carpenter had done the original, did all the music and it was like a smash hit, like a surprise smash hit. And so they're like, we well, got to do another one. So he goes, okay, I'll do another one, but I want to get back to doing my original concept, which was a different mask each movie. And they said, yeah, yeah, yeah make another Mike Myers, Michael Myers film. <laughs> so he made it and that one did really well. And, and they were finally like, okay, do what you want. And he did this one and audiences were like, where the fuck is Michael Myers? Mm-hmm. What the hell did I just pay for? Um, so I think this movie was just destined to fail. Not only that, he apparently, I forgot about this, but I watched all the Halloween movies, the old ones. Anyways, he killed Michael Myers and Loomis or whatever the, uh, the doctor at the end of the second one. Yeah, he killed them off. So he's like, okay, I want to be done with them because I want to go back to my thing where I want to make an anthology series. Like every Halloween movie I make will be totally different. It'll be about a totally different like horror or Halloween related thing. Um, And so, but after this one failed, like you said, they're like, no, 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 no. Go back to the Michael Myers guy. And so they had to bring him back somehow for the fourth one. And even Harold Loomis, I think the doctor comes back in the fourth one too. <laughs> Man, and they barely explain how he survived. Like he's he was dead, dead in the second movie. <laughs> but anyway, nope. And now here we are, twelve movies later. But that's one thing I said Still I liked about on. it was that it really is a fun, unique story, and it mixes sci-fi and horror together in a really cool way. Like it's it's fun. It was just really unique and interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, this isn't without its merits. It's got a good grip, gripping setup. The guy running, the eight, the unexplained agents, the narrow escape the hospital like that all moves quickly and moves well um the person there's personal stakes for the protagonist which was interesting because then once he finds out what they're doing he wants to save his own kids yeah that's true i didn't even really think about that 
uh, I like that it was slow reveal. Now, mind you, the investigation sort of portion of the movie did drag a little bit. It feel like it feels like it didn't escalate the right way mm-hmm. a little bit, um, but it was still good. And I liked the silent countdown. Like once like the commercials were eerie, they were throughout the whole thing. And then once you knew what it was, you already knew when it was going to happen because they had established. And so you, the audience knew about the silent countdown. Three days till Halloween. Two right, days right. till Halloween. Um, join us at nine for the for the prize giveaway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, that as an audience, it, it it's a clever device that helps us gauge time and gauge severity of the situation. Right. The good old fashioned storytelling. Um, just some things I struggled with robots. Really? <laughs> yeah, really? They're, they're magic robots. <laughs> magic robots. Really? <laughs> um, that was troublesome for me where I was like, it could have, it should have been like the old workers at the factory who have all been, stupefied by this thing i think what i didn't like is that they didn't pick a lane and so neither the sci-fi nor the fantasy nor like the fantasy made sense yeah they didn't go they didn't go very far in depth about how either of those worked yeah that's kind of true right this is the thing and so it's just one of those like how can we follow the rules that you've set if there's just a sort of whatever (laughs) it's magic you put some magic rocks in a computer chip what don't you understand steve it's magic Um, and I think that something more interesting could have been done with the masks. Um, you know, that they're evil, you know, something bad's going to happen. But then when the kid like melts and then bugs come out of his face, I was like, okay, of all the things I thought were going to happen here, that was not on any of the lists. And it's funny cause I misremembered this cause I, I thought I'd, I think I'd seen this movie years and years and years ago, but I had thought I remembered that the mass when they, the spell happened turned into a re- their real head. Like suddenly they were really a skull, or there's really a, a pumpkin head person, and that would be. I think cool. you're thinking of a Goosebumps episode, probably. Because <laughs> that would be neat. Like suddenly he's like holding his head, ah, the pain, and he's becoming a monster. Like that would be kind of neat. Because otherwise, it's like oh, you're just killing a bunch of kids. Oof. Well, I but, thought that it was going to brainwash them. And they were going to murder the parents. I, did, I thought that too. Like I luckily had forgotten what happens in this movie, so I was like, I thought they were going to kill the parents too. But they just yeah, heads did. collapsed with bugs and rattlesnakes come out was not on the list. No. <laughs> um, something I liked about it was that I I really liked the villain guy. I wish we had more of him because I think he was just a great actor and really fun to watch. Um, and he suddenly slips into his more Irish accent as he's going into his. History of Samain, or how you pronounce it, the uh, the old Celtic rituals and that kind of thing. Apparently, Same. yeah, yeah. Know. Apparently, he's in the classic RoboCop movies, which I totally forgot. So I need to re- rewatch those again because it's apparently he was in RoboCop one and two. Um, your move, punk. <laughs> your move. Um, they really go there with the whole mass murder of kids thing, which I think is pretty intense and takes a lot of horror balls to go that far. <laughs> they even show a kid dying on screen, so like. Damn, you know, like that's that's pretty intense. That's another thing I liked about the movie. Um, great practical effects, uh, pretty silly sometimes and cheesy, but by modern standards. But they were, I think, pretty good. Like they actually went for it. You know, like the woman's face being blown off and all these robots and stuff blowing up and going inside people's guts and things. Um, things I just liked. Uh, 
obviously the 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 age difference between the lead character and that random woman and he's also sleeping with like the doctor back home which is weird it's like this is all uncomfortable yeah there were romantic implications with them and he had an ex-wife and kids who he was neglecting it was just a lot so i don't like the protagonist which i didn't really like um also he was called out by drink about drinking a lot by his ex in the beginning of the movie and then we see him drinking all throughout the movie implying this was something important um that he's an alcoholic or he drinks too much and this never pays off or matters for the entire film. Right. And now mind <laughs> you, it's it maybe at the time it wasn't a classic trope, but the classic trope is now the drunk sets something important on fire with their alcohol to save the day. That's like the classic thing you do with a drunk guy or drunk person in a horror film. Did he do that in this one? No, yeah, exactly. but that would have Nothing. been the easy payoff is he pours <laughs> it over the computer, the magic yeah. rock computer chips and sets it on fire. Like he has this flask with him or something. Yeah, but that didn't happen right. either. Then, there, there was no payoff for why, why they kept showing us that throughout the movie. There was no reason like it just had no purpose, which made me like him even less. He's like, oh, he's also an alcoholic. Cool. Great. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think it could have benefited from some tighter editing because a lot of the shots of people's faces that just go on a little too long and feel kind of awkward throughout. That was just kind of distracting to me. Um, And they tried to do similar music to Halloween 1 and 2, but I thought it was really annoying at times and really loud and repetitive, like ringing and clanging noises. And And this was Carpenter as well, if I remember correctly. But I I think it was, yeah, in the opening credits, I think he was credited. Yeah, because it was, and like a lot Um, of the the stings to scare you were like like really cheesy, like synthesizers that were even worse than the Halloween movies. It just didn't work as well as the original Halloween movies. I don't know. That was that just went kind of stuck in no way. So middle of the road. I think if it hadn't been a Halloween film, it may have a different taste in the public eye. Yeah, because it's a Halloween film, it's a disgrace. The fine films that followed. Oh, the fine films. <laughs> including Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. With Paul Rudd. <laughs> which actually talks about, like, Saheim and, like, the cur- Curse of Thorns. If anything, maybe that it might, this might be the closest to the actual lore we get. That's true. In these early <laughs> movies. Oh, yeah. And we didn't mention there are, you can actually see them watching the first Halloween movie a couple times in this film. Um, so they're, they're basically establishing very firmly this is not the same universe as Michael Myers. It's very tastefully done. <laughs> because these people are watching that movie in this universe, so it can't be the same universe. So anyway, some trivia for this film. Um, the movie's novelization was published in 1982 by science fiction writer Dennis Etchison under the pseudonym Jack Martin. And despite the movie's critical failure, the book became a bestseller and was even reissued two years after the movie's release in 1984. So the book did better than the movie. Um, so, as we said before, John Carpenter didn't plan on having Michael Myers in another Halloween movie, only the first. He wanted a different Halloween-related story each time, but after the first Halloween was a success, producers forced him to use Myers again. He did, but killed off Myers and Loomis to be done with them. Then producers, then he produced Season of the Witch to get back to his original plan. But at that point, people were expecting Myers again, so it failed. Carpenter then sold the rights years later because he wasn't interested in doing more Myers. And the new owners then brought Myers and Loomis back in 1988 with little explanation of how they survived. So he basically sold the whole franchise after that point, And it's had nothing to do with him since the fourth film. Um... The voice of the operator that the doctor keeps calling throughout the film 
that he keeps getting like an automated message and the same and the voice that says um, it's the curfew at six o'clock. Everyone get inside. That is Jamie Lee Curtis, which is pretty cool. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, it took over 40 takes to get the shot where uh, the doctor, the main character, throws a skull mask onto the security camera. 40 takes. <laughs> Man, um, and the director thought it would be really easy because he accidentally did it when he threw a mask one time on set, and it landed on the security camera. He's like, "Oh, we should do that for the shot," and then they couldn't get it for forty days. Um, the small town of Santa Mira, California, was also the setting for Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Same setting in that movie, so you should go visit there, Steve. It's probably close to you. Yeah, <laughs> no, California is giant. It is. It's huge. Um, the gas station seen in this movie can also be seen in John Carpenter's The Fog in 1980. And John Carpenter revealed an interview with a, with a, a certain guy for the book John Carpenter, The Prince of Darkness, that the original director for Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, was Joe Dante, director of uh, Gremlins. Yeah. And originally it was going to be a much funnier movie. The original script that they had that Joe Dante kind of consulted with. And then Joe Dante eventually left because he also saw how they were going to rewrite to be more dark. And he just wasn't interested in that kind of movie. So um, it was going to be like yeah, a funny. Sure. Not not his style. Yeah, exactly. Um, this movie is included on the film critic Roger Ebert's most hated list, which is kind of rough. Uh, Season of the Witch, that phrase, was also the original working title of Martin Scorsese's Mean Streets. Season of the Witch is also the name of a song by Donovan. And the name for George A. Romero's movie, Season of the Witch, from 1972. Also the name of Nicolas Cage's movie, Season of the Witch, from 2011, which was not good. Um, After Daniel, the lead character, the doctor, shouts, Stop it! on the phone at the movie's very ending, the screen cuts to black, and then the ending credits. Originally, the ending theme wasn't going to be played during the credits. Instead, it was supposed to be the screams of millions of children being murdered. But the director, Tommy Lee Wallace, decided not to add this so the ending could be ambiguous and add a possibility that they were saved. And the lead actor saw this new ending, and he was much more satisfied with the movie in spite of its critical reception and likes to imagine his character's struggles weren't in vain or his own children at the very end at least survived. But the original ending, no, everyone died. That was going to be I wish they would have done that because it would have been more fun. And two more here. Uh, the fluid coming out of the robot's mouths is orange juice concentrate, which is probably delicious. And in Halloween Kills, the movie that came out in 2021, uh, three of Michael Myers' victims are displayed wearing the silver shamrock mask on a merry-go-round in that movie. So they do a little, oh, okay. yeah, a little nice. nod to it. So a lot of trivia there, but that's, that shit. Uh, that's all we got. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think that takes us on to a spooky Halloween game. Ooh. All right, the name of this game that I keep in my special folder called Apon Secrets is called Tag You're It. <gasps> Nothing makes a great horror film like a great tagline. Hmm. And <laughs> I have some of the greatest horror film taglines of all time. I'm going to give you the tagline, and you need to give me the movie. I like it. We're going to start with a softball to establish... Um. To establish the concept, just to make sure you get it. I appreciate. And after that. that, we got. Then after that, we got ten. Oh, wow. This first one doesn't count because I know you're going to get it. Gotcha. All right. In space, Aliens. no one can hear you scream. <laughs> Alien. <laughs> Alien. Oh, you almost didn't get it in time, you bitch. <laughs> but I knew you were All going right, to do the first one. That's your freebie. All right. 
in space, no one can eat ice cream. Oh. Oh, indeed. Is that um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space? That is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yes. (laughs) All right. Those I had to pair up. Yeah, that was great. That was perfect. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Night of Living Dead? Very close. Dawn of the Dead. Close. Okay. Yep. All right. Scream now while there is still room to breathe. Terror has no shape. Terror has no shape. Um, the fog? That was Anna's guess as well. And while a good guess, it is incorrect. It's the blob. Oh, it even rhymes. <laughs> yeah, but that, that was Anna's guess as well when I played this with her. <laughs> All right. They're here. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Woo! <laughs> All right. The night he came home. Halloween. That is correct. <laughs> one of my favorite horror series. <laughs> this one comes with a bonus point. Mm-hmm. All right. Sometimes dead is better. Oh, shit. Um, Beetlejuice? Ooh, not a bad guess. Pet Cemetery. <gasps> and, and here's your chance for the bonus point. Okay. Cemetery is spelled non-traditionally in Pet Cemetery. Correct. Tell me how it is spelled. With an S instead of a C. Uh, yes, that's correct. That is correct. There's your bonus point. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so you get one there. All right. Man is the warmest place to hide. Ew. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's just wrong. Man is the warmest place to hide? Man um, is the warmest place to hide. Something like uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers? That's a re- that's an incredibly close and good guess. It's The Thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I see it. <laughs> All right. Trapped in time, surrounded by evil, low on gas. Trapped in time, surrounded by evil, low on gas. What the fuck? Is it a sequel or is it a <laughs> does it matter? <laughs> I don't I don't think you can answer. I don't know that. if I can tell you that. <laughs> Say it one more time. Trapped in time, surrounded by evil, low on gas. Event Horizon. <laughs> no, man, I thought this was going to be a gimme. It is Army of Darkness. Oh. I should have gotten that. You're right. <laughs> Low on gas. Yep. <laughs> All right. We've got two left. Okay. All right. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. Jaws 2? Is Jaws 2. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. This is the last one. And this is the toughest one. Okay. All right. Today the pond, tomorrow the world. Pond, tomorrow the world. Today the pond, tomorrow the world. <laughs> Shit. God, is it that 
alligator crocodile movie. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. It's not the crocodile alligator movie. I don't know the name of that movie either, but, it's, but I can see it in my head. I know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> no, it is Frogs. Oh, I've seen Which, Frogs. I love Frogs. To our listeners, if you have not seen Frogs, find it somehow. It is the most insane horror film. And starring. Maybe, maybe ever. Your favorite cowboy. Uh, what's his face? Um, I don't know what to do about this, but I talk like this all the time. What's his yeah. name? Come on, mustache. No idea. Oh, come Hold on. I'm looking it up. This is happening on the show because I'm, for some reason, forgetting his name. Frog. Oh, well, Jarman's looking that up. Sam Drummond, Elliott. It's you, Sam Elliott. You, <laughs> you got five out of ten. Hey, that is not as bad as I thought I would do. So I'm, I'm happy about that. It's including the bonus points. So technically four out of ten, but you got that sweet bonus. Oh, man. Not bad. Sweet, sweet bonus. <laughs> that was a good game. That's fun. All right. No, yeah, that's, that's been some, Tag. You're it. From Radical Recommend. I recommend. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. So uh, this week I'm recommending something that I'm sure a lot of people are watching, and it's very controversial for some, but not for people who are smart. Um, It's uh, She-Hulk. And right now I have not watched the final episode, which just released tonight as the day of our recording. Um, So if you have, Steve, don't spoil anything. But uh, I have. You have. Okay. And uh, I just think this show was a lot of fun. Very different from a lot of the other Marvel offerings on the on Disney Plus, and it's just been very enjoyable, silly, almost too short. Like every episode ends, I'm like, oh, it was too short. I want more. You know, um, I love Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black. She was amazing in that show, and now to watch her in this kind of whimsical character, which is is really fun. Um, Steve, what do you think of She Hulk? She Hulk in general, I really like. Um... It's good to feel, and this is something I always like in the Marvel Universe, to feel when the stakes are a little bit lower. Yeah. Like, she's not saving the world at any given moment. Exactly. Something a little different in that regard. Um, and what I will say about the season finale, that is not spoiler, okay. is just like the rest of the show, it takes a crazy turn and chooses a non-traditional route. All right. I like that. Just like the rest of the show does that, this does it, like the finale really does it. Cool. Like exemplifies that doing the wrong thing and doing it weirdly. (laughs) And people like just, I, I, it's weird. People didn't know. I didn't know that um, her character in the comics is well known for breaking the fourth wall like Deadpool. Um, I wasn't aware of that. And so I think people not knowing that going to the show might be a little weirded out that she talks to the camera a lot. Um, she talks about the show that she's on, which is strange, but I love it. Not knowing that it's from the comics. I'm like, that's, that's awesome. That's cool. And it's fun. Um, but the CGI had issues throughout the show. I thought um, distractingly. So at some points where like, it's just uncanny Valley weirdness because I think they tried to make male Hulk's face, they weren't trying to make it look exactly like Mark Ruffalo, but with hers, they're trying to make her look beautiful at the same time and make her look like Tatiana Maslany. And so with him, it wasn't a problem because it wasn't, it didn't look just like him, but her, it's weird, uncanny Valley weirdness. And it's, it was a problem throughout the show for me. Um, and I feel like they didn't have movie budget to do the CGI, so it didn't quite work, 
But other than that, I love the show. I think it was fantastic. I don't know. Yeah, really enjoyed. I I did have some issue with the visuals. Yeah. Like you can kind of feel sometimes where it's just there just wasn't enough time, wasn't enough resources. And we've all come to expect the polish of the MCU movies. Right. It's hard to break that expectation. Like you said, they're kind of rushing things. It's like, slow down, people. <laughs> slow down. I didn't need this already. We just finished Miss Marvel. <laughs> exactly. And then we just finished Moon Knight. I do love how the, the show trolls the trolls so hard, and I love it. Um, just knowing exactly ahead of time what they were going to complain about and, like, writing that into the show. And, like, they were so predictable. People complained about things that they then put in the show. Like, they knew that they were going to complain about it. So, it just, it was there. <laughs> so, I thought that yeah, was a lot was of great. fun. But, yeah, recommend checking it out. Half-hour shows. Uh, more like a comedy, like a sitcom kind of feel. So, you can go through it pretty fast in nine episodes. So, there you go. So now on to some trailer reviews. All right. This week's trailer review in honor of Halloween. We're reviewing what must be the third trailer for a Halloween film we reviewed over the course of this show. (laughs) Probably. And that's the new one. Halloween ends. Does it, though? (laughs) No. Never. Um, so this one brings back Jamie Lee Curtis. Pam Greer was smart enough to get the hell out of there. Good for her. Was she in the, the other movies? Yeah, she played her daughter. Remember, so in this one, they show a flash of her like in the trailer. It's pretty quick. Pam Greer? She's like, yeah, right? No. Who the am I thinking of? In the black actress in the 70s? Black exploitation no, Judy films? Greer. Judy Greer? Oh, Judy, Judy Greer. Greer. Okay. <laughs> I was pretty close. No, not Pam Greer. Greer's from black exploitation films. Let me make sure I, Judy, yeah, Judy Greer. I got <laughs> nailed it. All right. All right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Judy Greer, dead. Because uh, <laughs> she's like, oh, you, this, he killed my daughter. And this time I'm going to kill him. It feels like a friggin' Steven Seagal film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill um, you by snapping your neck really fast. Yeah, I don't know what to say. This looks like the same thing. There's nothing new to be seen. Wasn't the last movie entitled something that implied that it was over as well? Wasn't Halloween Kills? No, I don't think. I think it was uh, Halloween Kills. Halloween movies list with Michael Myers. Yeah, Halloween Kills was the 2021 one. That's what it was called. And what one am I thinking of that had like a title that was like the final chapter? Well, it's probably like the Halloween. I hope this is a promise. That's from the, probably from the original series, the Halloween Eight or whatever. But they, yeah, man. they basically, when Jim and Lee Curtis came back for this, the the first of these three movies, said it was taking place right after the first one. It didn't even count the second one. Like that was all scrapped. It was just after the first one. I was like, no, okay, they're just. But like, they show bit. too much. They clearly show there will be no plot, <laughs> and this will just be a fest of hopping from murder to murder. That's what I put in my notes is just like they they show all they show so many of the murders in the trailer. Like we're going to know all these characters are all dead because we saw it in the trailer, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Where are you going to go from here, guys? Mm-hmm. Um, so this looks like more of the same. I don't know if I can do any more Halloween movies. I think I'll watch uh, them eventually because I like Jimmy Lee Curtis. And I like the, the franchise. I'd never watched any of the Rob Zombie ones. Uh, I didn't bother. So I, I give this one Gary Busey and Raul Julia, their popcorn and drinks, crowding into a movie theater. 
the movie comes on and Raul watches for a few minutes and he goes, didn't we watch this one before? <laughs> Gary Busey says, nah, it's a new one. And Raul goes, no, I'm pretty sure this is the one we saw before. <laughs> I have um, both Raul Julia and Gary Busey. This is my rating. Walking into a room, both wearing Michael Myers masks, both slowly taking them off, looking at each other. Raul says, it's not working, is it? And Gary Busey saying, it's not. No. I mean, they both walk away, sadly. Uh, <laughs> Even Gary fair. Busey is just not enthusiastic about it. <laughs> that's how sad it's become. So that brings oh, us to the end of episode 157 of A Play on Nerds. That's right. Join us next time when in honor of Weird, the Al Yankovic story, we're going to talk about UHF, a, a nerd movie. comedy classic. It really is. That I'm, I'm just excited that I have an opportunity to rewatch. Me too. It's been probably 20 years since I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's time, and you all better get warmed up and watch it with us. So keep on coming back and being our nerdy audience, and we will keep on coming back and being your nerdy co-hosts. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Feel free to email feedback at aplayonnerds.com with all your questions or comments. Shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter and earn yourself a sweet shout out on the show. Review us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so even more nerds can find us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we aren't picky. Check out our entire back catalog and other offerings at aplayonnerds.com. And how? How?